Bestbookbits.com brings you the book summary of The Power of One More, The Ultimate Guide to Happiness and Success by Ed Milet. Introduction. The Power of One More is the culmination of a philosophy I've been developing for more than 30 years. At its core, The Power of One More is about your willingness to do one more rep, make one more phone call, get up one hour earlier, build one more relationship, or do one more thing for whatever your situation calls for. You can find your best life by doing one more than the world expects from you. I wrote The Power of One More to transform your life by adopting strategies of successfully used time and time again. By living a one more life, you can completely change your relationships, finances, emotions, the way you do business, your outlook on life, and more. You were not born to be average or ordinary. You were born to do something great with your life. I know this about you. The Power of One More is a dynamic contract between us. It's important exchange of ideas and knowledge. Depending on who you are, what I'm about to teach you will impact each one of you differently. By changing how you think and act, you'll find answers in those areas of life that matter most to you. The beauty of all this is that, most times, the answers are relatively simple. But for whatever reasons, you may not have been able to see them or resolve them on your own. Figuring out where to begin can feel daunting. Most people are under the impression that there are a thousand different things they must do to change their lives. Nothing could be further from the truth. I've learned, and you will too, that one more thing is often all it takes. And frequently, it's only one more step away from where you are right now. Begin with one more. You're a lot closer to changing your life than you think. You're one more meeting, one more relationship, one more decision, one more action, or one more thought from leading the life you deserve. The power of one more challenges you to become hyper-focused and addicted to searching for the one mores in your life. The more you begin to see them and then execute the actions to realize them, the more your life will change. The individual thoughts and actions you take don't need to be profound. However, when you compound these small thoughts and actions and stack them up on top of each other, the resulting changes over time are profound. I'll teach you to keep promises to yourself, creating an internal belief system that you are destined for a better life than what you have now. When you implement one more strategies, you live by a set of principles above and beyond those of most other people. This is not just a how to succeed in business or how to succeed in your relationships book, although for some, it will be. For most of you, this book will have several applications. That's why you should think of this as a how to succeed in your life book. Your challenge is to take these strategies and apply them to the areas of your life that matter to you. There are no wasted words on these pages, but some parts of this book will connect with you more than others. Certain principles will challenge your ways of thinking beliefs and values, and several will land on you like a ton of bricks and change your life forever. I've purposely designed these strategies to be universal as well. You're going to read these principles that apply to all people in every area of life. You can take lessons from each chapter, whether you're a world-class athlete, a CEO, a rapidly rising star in the business world, a parent, or still in college. Some of you will use this book to transform your life completely. Others will focus on insights to enhance specific parts of your life that are lacking or troublesome. I'm confident the power of one more will resonate with you because in many ways, I'm just like you. I'm not the person now that I was when I first started my own transformational journey. Like you, I struggled at times. I get what it's like to worry about money, 
relationships, and my purpose in life. I know what it's like to lack confidence, fall into a slump, and wonder if I'll ever feel happy. I've been beyond poor to the point I couldn't even pay the water bill in an apartment where my wife and I once lived. I've faced health problems, I've lost people close to me, and over the years, I've battled doubt, frustration, fear, and anxiety. I've lived with not having the answers. Even worse, I've also been in places where I didn't know what paths to take to find the answers I so desperately sought. For those of you who have lived in a stressful or dysfunctional family, I also know what that's like. Later in the book, I'm going to tell you about the personal challenges I faced being raised by an alcoholic father who was also my hero and how that impacted my self-esteem. In fact, one of the reasons I've become so proficient at learning how to grow is because I had such a far place from which to come. The truth is, I needed to learn how to grow so I could simply function to reach a baseline. The good coming from all of this is that it reinforced my belief people can dramatically change their lives. I saw it firsthand from watching how much my father changed over the years. I also wrote The Power of One More because after years of years of struggling and trial and error, I've learned what it takes to succeed in life. I've paid a price, but I now know what many of the answers are and what it takes to win. Along the way, I've also watched good friends and business associates chase what they think is fun at the expense of winning. Sadly, they become distracted and lose sight of just how good winning feels. Then they spend a lot more time and energy trying to get to a place they could have been already. When I first started out, I often set aside in favor of winning. The ironic thing is, it didn't take long before I figured out that winning is fun. In fact, one of the quotes I'm best known for is, winning is more fun than fun is fun. I've been living these principles for 30 years, applying what I've learned to design my best life. My goal for the power of one more is to help you identify your talents, gifts, and abilities, then maximize them for your own greater good and for the people around you. Many self-improvement and performance books I read say the same thing over and over. I don't know about you, but I lose interest after a couple of chapters. I purposely set out to make the power of one more different in that respect. The strategies and philosophies I'm going to share with you are unique onto themselves. The Power of One More teaches you to combine your gifts with directed intentional thoughts and focused actions. That gives you the resources you need to produce the standards, goals, and outcomes you deserve. Every one of the principles I share in these pages have worked for me beyond my wildest dreams. I'm also humbled and aware that I've been gifted with a certain amount of luck and God's blessings. You have your own version of the same gifts as well, but like me, you also need to put in the work and keep an open mind when it comes to making changes in your life. In many cases, these changes won't be easy at first. In fact, the more worthy your goal and the more changes you go through to reach it, the more resistance you encounter. Expect that. Plan for it. When you put yourself in the right frame of mind and you're mentally tough, you'll succeed more often than you otherwise would. The Power of One More is a product of years upon years of how I have lived, grown, and changed my life to produce wealth, happiness, and meaningful relationships with people I care about deeply. I want to share the lessons I've learned with you so that you can lead your best life too. Approach the Power of One More like a key that will unlock your mind, and you may be surprised how one more thought and one more action will change your life forever. 
Remember, we're a lot alike, you and me. If I can do it, you can do it. That's the introduction by Ed Milet. Now on with this long summary, The Power of One More. Strap in and let's get on with the book summary. One, one more identity. They always say time changes things, but you actually have to change them yourself, Andy Warhol. In many ways, reshaping your identity is the most fundamental concept of what it means to be a one more thinker and doer. Your identity is a powerful and influential driver that governs outcomes in all parts of your life. Identity defines the limits of your success, finances, and achievements. It controls the quality of your emotions, relationships, and self-worth. What exactly is identity? I define it as the thoughts, concepts, and beliefs we hold as the most genuine parts of our inner being. You can put on a face or act a certain way for the rest of the world, but you can't lie to yourself. And when it comes to these things, deep inside, you know what's true about you. Put another way, identity is this. What we perceive about ourselves is what we believe about ourselves. Here's the paradox about identity. Many people know they could improve their lives significantly if they change their identity. However, many people aren't willing to take the necessary steps, even when it's in their own best interest. Are you willing to sacrifice who you are for who you could be? The answer should be a resounding yes. That's a logical conclusion and sounds obvious. So it's a mystery why lots of people struggle with this fundamental question. You weren't put on this earth to be a bump on a log or a lump of coal in the ground. Your mission is to keep growing, expanding, and learning to lead a full and happy life. When you do these things, your identity will change. Identity is so important because it unlocks so many other amazing things in your life. When you create a one more identity, you give yourself the gift of taking control by directing internal messages instead of being governed by external forces that have been undermining your happiness, possibly since the day you were born. Your identity is shaped early in childhood. As a child, you were a blank canvas. You were impressionable, happy, and accepting, who had no reason to believe the external world was out to hurt you in any way. Gradually, you learn to function in the world based on what you were taught by your parents, family members, friends, teachers, and others with whom you came in contact. Of course, many people were well-intentioned. However, that doesn't mean what they taught you was always right. The fact is, nobody is ever always right. As a child, you accepted much of what you were told, right or wrong. Your identity became the good and the bad parts of how other people influence you. The unfortunate thing is that you were defenseless. Your critical thinking skills did not exist to give you the tools you needed to survive in the world. As you grew older, you began to confirm your identity. If someone said to you, you weren't a good student or a lousy athlete, that became a part of your identity. You still didn't have the capacity to disavow what you were being told. You grew into adulthood and you carried with you these beliefs about yourself. Your identity has taken root. Your limitations became a part of you, and because they were so ingrained, you weren't even sure where they came from. That's a lot of baggage to lug around, isn't it? By the time you were older enough and able to question your identity, you were living with the identity you had adopted at a time. When you didn't have a choice, of course, this assumes you weren't even aware of how your identity impacts you. 
Many people simply go through life screwed up and unsuccessful and never quite knowing why. However, as a one more thinker, you are now aware and you can change your identity once you become intentional about it. Here's how. Adjusting your identity thermostat. I've touched briefly on your identity thermostat in the past, but now I wanted to give it more details on how this concept can work on your behalf. Your identity is the force that governs your life and regulates your results. Think of it like a thermostat. Your internal thermostat sets the conditions of your life. You walk into a room and it's too hot or too cold. You look for a thermostat to adjust the temperature to what you like. It doesn't matter what the external conditions are. The temperature can be 100 degrees outside, but if the thermostat is set for 75 degrees, it kicks on, and the air conditioning cools down the temperature and regulates the environment. The same applies when it's 30 degrees outside. The thermostat kicks in and warms your surrounding to 75 degrees. Your life works exactly the same way. If you're a 75 degree person, you turn on the air conditioners of your life and cool it back down to what you think you're worth. This is what happens every time your results begin to exceed your identity. You unconsciously turn on the air conditioners of your life and cool it back down to what you believe you deserve. Much like a thermostat, your identity regulates your internal self-worth. It regulates your actions and results. Many people are under the false assumption that external factors are what regulates your thermostat. They believe that getting a promotion, getting married to the love of your life, or getting an advanced degree from college determines their identity. If you don't raise your identity, then eventually you will turn the air conditioning of your life on sooner or later. And that temperature will drop back down to 75 degrees or some other setting you don't want simply because you didn't take charge and decide what identity you wanted. However, if your thermostat is set the right way, it will transcend conditions and you will find success, no matter what the external conditions are. The truth is that you can acquire all the talents, skills and abilities you want, but until they align with your identity, you will fall short of your goals you've set. That applies across the board. For example, think about your fitness identity. Let's suppose you lost 20 pounds at one time in your life. Despite being armed with the best weight loss recipes or workout regimes, a year later, you added all the weight back on and you're right where you started. That's because when your fitness identity thermostat is set at 75 degrees, it means you're comfortable carrying 20 extra pounds. And you try as you might, you'll always drift back to that 75 degree setting. You can take all the right actions with diet and exercise, but if your internal thermostat is not set for success and remains at 75 degrees, eventually you'll drift back to your old thermostat setting by eating the wrong food or falling out of a solid workout regime. You'll use external circumstances to find ways to cool you back down to what your internal circumstances believe you're worth. Here's another example. Maybe you're doing well financially, but you can't seem to get to that next level of wealth you think you deserve. You may want $10 million in the bank, however, until you turn up your thermostat to believe your identity is worth $10 million. Even if you make that much money, your thermostat will eventually cool you off to what your identity believes you are worth. It may take a few years, but eventually, unless you change your internal thermostat, you'll start to experience financial setbacks. Chances are, these types of situations and many others are something you've experienced. There's no shortage of information, coaching, or paths to success 
in any part of your life. Now I'm going to segue in. I've done a thousand book summaries on bestbookbits.com in video, written, and audio format. So there's heaps of information free on that website. I also do coaching. So if you want to take your life to the next level, jump on for a free 15-minute chat with me and we can talk about coaching. I do flexi coaching, which is just one session, um, or I could do one month, three month, or six month coaching as well. So click the link below to book a session with me on with the summary. So it follows the barriers to success are found inside of you. That is why you can do all the right things and still not get the results you wanted. Remember, this key point, unconsciously, we always find a way to get back to where our thermostat is set based on what we think we're worth. Simply put, you can't achieve 100 degrees of fitness or wealth with a thermostat set for 75 degrees of fitness or wealth. Your thermostat boxes you in until you create a new identity that triggers growth and change. This isn't to say that you can't achieve success, because you will in many cases. However, unless you adjust your identity, down the road your thermostat will bring you back to where your identity is set. Typically, most people blame external forces when this happens. Do these examples sound familiar? I tweaked my back and I couldn't work out for eight weeks and then I lost interest in getting fit. The economy turned and I lost a ton of money in the stock market, so I gave up on my dream of being worth $10 million. If your thermostat isn't set high enough, you'll see these as a coincidence, karma or bad luck that conspired against you, but that's not what they are. If your thermostat is set high enough, these are the little more than temporary setbacks. However, the difference between you as a one more person and everyone else is that you will view these as speed bumps on the road to your goals. You won't use temporary setbacks as an excuse to create permanent failures. You have the grit it takes to gravitate to where your thermostat is set and eventually you'll rise to that temperature. Remember, as a one more person, change comes from thinking and acting. Change comes from thinking first and acting second. This book is not about doing one thing or the other. You must do them in unison. When you think and act in congruency, you don't cool your thermostat back down. Instead, you're best positioned to turn your thermostat up to achieve the results you deserve. The Trilogy of Changing Your Identity Once you buy into the concept that changing your identity is the key to changing your life, the question then becomes, how do I readjust my thermostat to create my new identity. That process is anchored in a trilogy of core principles, faith, intentions, and associations. Faith. According to Matthew 17, 20, 21, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing moves mountains quite like faith. The same applies to moving your thermostat so that you can move your identity to a new place too. If you're a person of faith, whether you practice Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, Judaism, or any other faith-based teaching, fundamentally, you believe that your God loves you. As a part of my faith, I believe that I come from the most extraordinary DNA in the world, God's DNA. As an extension of this, I also believe that God did not make me in his image to live with the thermostat set at 75 degrees. God created us to live a full faith-based life with a thermostat set at 100 degrees. Many people say they lead faith-based lives, but how many of us say they have God and faith in all parts of their lives? 
Several people I know read the Bible, go to church, and are kind-hearted and loving people. But do these same people extend their faith into their beliefs about personal fitness, finance, relationships, and business? In many cases, the answer is no. One of the keys to changing your identity is to let faith move mountains in all parts of your life. Intentions. When our actions are based on good intentions, our soul has no regrets. Anthony Douglas Williams. I meet many people who constantly beat themselves up for where they are in life instead of giving themselves credit for their intentions to move to a new identity. If this sounds like you, all you're doing is reinforcing your current identity, your 75 degree life. Do these moans sound familiar? I'd give myself more credit if I'd gotten that promotion. My life is a complete mess since I got divorced three years ago. I'm a failure since I had to claim bankruptcy during the pandemic. You're not letting yourself up off the mat when you do this. It's a dead bang loser of an approach to life. You're not being fair to the person who matters most to you. Thinking this way creates a downward spiral, and the further down you spin, the harder it is to climb out of it and create a new identity. You accept frustration. You won't want to be around people, and quite frankly, most people won't want to be around you. Instead of souring on life, flipped your script Tell yourself you intend to do good and serve, that you intend to create a thriving business and have money in the bank. You intend to treat the people around you with care and are worthy of a loving and caring relationship. Apply good intentions to all parts of your life and then watch what happens. Your intentions will set your mind to work, creating a new identity. Your brain works on what it is told. Your brain works on what it is told. When you tell your brain what you want to attract, it will design internal messages that will feed the good parts of who you are and manifest themselves in a new identity over time. Intentions are the currency that lets you make deposits in your identity bank instead of you creating a run on that bank that will eventually drive you into identity bankruptcy. Associations. Consider the words of T.F. Hodge. What surrounds us is what is within us. You can't possibly stay at 75 degrees if you hang out with people operating at 100 degrees. Through proximity, you absorb the traits, actions, and beliefs of the people you associate with. Consciously and unconsciously, their knowledge and their ideas become a part of who you are. This is why you should seek out quality associations that can either directly or indirectly help you grow to be the 100 degree person you've meant to be. The other side of this is that if you want to raise your thermostat and change your identity, you need to say goodbye to many of the 50 degree people in your life and also connect with coaches who are at 100 degrees like myself. So book in a free 15 minute coaching chat now. Click the calendar link below. Just pop in a date and time, your email address, and let's jump on a call now. On with the summary. Yes, I know that it can be a hard thing to do until you clear out space in your life for the right associations. You'll be mead in relationships that have outlived their purpose and now hold you back. I'm not saying this is easy, but at times it is necessary. The other way to approach this is to reject 50 degree behavior and raise other people's thermostats instead. This is especially viable approach when you're dealing with family members or lifelong friends where saying goodbye could be difficult. The bottom line is that you're a reflection of the people you associate with. If you associate with people who elevate you and make your thermostat rise, then you're on the right path to creating a new identity. 
Once you've armed with awareness of the trilogy, you can only move forward if you adjust the level of your self-confidence. You have to change your identity. Self-confidence is the underlying factor. I go into greater detail in chapter 12 on habits, but self-confidence and how it relates to identity are critical concepts worth repeating. The first thing to know is that identity is difficult than self-confidence. Identity is what you believe you're worth. Your internal thermostat, self-confidence, is the means to deliver on it. Self-confident people share one habit in common, and that is the ability to keep the promises they make to themselves. When you're in the habit of keeping promises you make with yourselves, you're on the pathway to self-confidence. Self-confidence is also a form of self-trust, and if you can't trust yourself, you need to do some hard thinking about your life. It also follows that if you're timid, you won't act. You have doubts. You'll paralyze yourself with fear. Doubts are the products of external factors in your life. They are incubators for negative thoughts. When these negative thoughts grow, they take over all your thoughts, and your mind descends into unproductive and damaging places. That's why you must guard your thoughts, pull out the mental weeds that threaten to take over the good parts of your psyche. You may not get them all, and that's okay. Self-confidence is about doing away with fear or timidity. It's about moving forward anyway because of the agreements you made with yourself. The other critical thing is that self-confidence is generated from within, and because it's an internal emotion, you can stack the deck in your favor. Ralph Waldo Emerson put it this way, What lies behind you and what lies in front of you pales in comparison to what lies inside of you. Let this sink in. You are the only one who gets a say in how much self-confidence you want. When you break internal agreements, you're only fighting with yourself. If this sounds a bit crazy, that's because it is. Wouldn't you rather save your energy for the other battles you're fighting? Like most things in life, when keeping a promise to yourself, the first step is always the hardest. I guarantee that once your train of thought pulls out of the station in your head, you'll find the momentum you need to act. You'll see results as you develop a new identity. Those results will be the fuel that keeps that train moving on down the tracks. The opposite of self-confidence is self-sabotage. It's like a computer virus that lurks inside many people and is only triggered when you try to move forward with an important part of your life. Self-sabotage triggers discouragement and doubts, the mortal enemies of self-confidence. Fathom Street Media founder Shane Parrish perfectly described how these things could damage you when he said, Optimism might not make you successful, but pessimism will ensure you don't succeed. When you self-sabotage, you dial down your thermostat and deny yourself the bliss that was headed into your life. Maybe this is you. Perhaps it's somebody you know. Some people just have a knack for being a gift and then finding a way to undermine that outcome. The worst part is that the same people seem to repeat this type of thing over and over. They're labeled the hot mess or somebody who hasn't gotten their life together yet. In reality, they've just dialed their thermostat to what they believe they're worthy of receiving. How often have you seen somebody you know meet the woman or the man of their dreams only to cheat on them, be gross and inappropriate, or downright rude? 
Do you know many people who have made a pile of money, but have then go on a self-destruction spree using drugs and alcohol, recklessly spending or gambling their wealth away? Many of us have also heard cautionary tales of pro-athletes who don't train or eat well, or who overindulge in vices, and, in some cases, it costs them their lives. We're all guilty of self-sabotage because their lack of discipline is a lack of self-confidence that does not match up and support their identity. Their internal thermostat doesn't match the internal success they've enjoyed. Eventually, that thermostat resets itself and the person crashes back down to where their thermostat says they should be. It's sad when this happens because it doesn't need to be this way. Here's an exercise I use to destroy self-sabotage discouragement and doubt. I pay attention when I have self-sabotaging thoughts. I mentally record that thought, then I visualize and see myself scratching it out. The first time I record the thought and strike it out, I'll still see it. So I do this repeatedly as many times as it takes until I can no longer see the thought because it is so marked over and blacked out. When I get to this point where I can't see it, the thought has been stricken from my mind. My mind no longer lives with the thought, and that thought loses its limiting power on me. To successfully align with your one more identity, you must keep the right promises with yourself. You must eliminate negatives and create an environment where self-confidence becomes an asset instead of one more thing you fear. Now that you know more about how self-confidence and identity work together, it's time to look at the misconceptions that can skew proper thinking. Misconceptions about self-confidence and identity recognize and reject these misconceptions and you'll fortify your quest for a new identity. I am what I possess. Lots of people link self-confidence and identity to their possessions. They make the flawed assumption that the more possessions they acquire, the higher their self-confidence will be and the more perfect their new identity will be. That's not the case. It's a hollow approach to self-confidence and identity. There's absolutely nothing wrong with acquiring material things. I would be disingenuous if I told you that what I don't do is link my possessions and my material wealth with my self-confidence and my identity. I consciously keep them separate, and so should you. I am my accomplishments. This is a horrible trap to fall into because all your life to feel good about your self-confidence and identity you're going to have an insatiable need to keep accomplishing things. Keep it simple. You are you. You were put on this earth to do great things, but feeding your ego is an insidious trap. By all means, attempt great things. Accomplish great things. Just don't try to get so caught up in patting yourself on the back that you lose the humility you should have. Remember, it can all be taken away in an instant, and if you use your accomplishments as a crutch for your self-worth, that fall will be hard, I guarantee you. I am what other people say I am. Wrong. The essence of self-confidence and internalizing your search for a new identity flies in the face of this belief. Forget the ego strokes. Don't base your worth on social media hearts and likes. Don't beg for compliments. It's a cheap and needy way to live your life. When you do, you're doing the opposite of improving your self-confidence and designing your new identity. What I look like means everything, so many people fall into the trap of what they think beauty should be. This is especially true for women who are bombarded with television programs, blogs, podcasts, social media, and magazines, 
all of which place an extreme focus on external beauty. Here's the real deal. True beauty comes from within. True beauty comes from within. Your beauty comes from your soul, intentions, your capacity to give, how you treat people, your beliefs, and your kind heart. It's not bad to work on your health, lose weight, dress in nice clothes, and pay attention to your grooming. The trick is to do it for you and nobody else. Remember, you are defined by the content of your character and not the reflection in the bathroom mirror. As a one more thinker, your identity is the foundation to who you are. Use the trilogy and apply self-confidence to find the right temperature of your identity thermostat. When you do, you're well on your way to not only creating your best identity, but also to leading your best life. Now that's a wrap on part one of four of one, The Power of One More by Ed Milet. Go and buy the book on Amazon. And if you want this summary, click the link below and you'll get this in your email. Again, we at Best BookBits have done 1,000 book summaries in video, written, and audio format. So check us out on bestbookbits.com. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit that like button. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And if you want coaching, I do flexi coaching. Jump on for a session with me and let's elevate your life to the next level and increase that thermostat to 100 degrees. Thanks for watching and listening. Have yourself an amazing day and stay tuned for the next part. Part two, one more and living in your matrix. Bye-bye now.